Shut up and sit down. Welcome back for part two of our 135-part series, Top 5 Movies. We're back again with Joe. Stick around. And we're back. Thanks for waiting, everyone. Hopefully you haven't shut this off already. Dan, wake up, Dan. Sorry. Sorry. <clears throat> so, uh, so, where were we? We were, uh, we're doing our top five, and we just completed four, yes. and we're going to numero three. Place. And uh, Dan, um, as you've been starting us off, go ahead. Continue, please. Number three. I don't know why... I just feel like I can't leave this one out, and it's going to be hard for me to defend. But oh, shit. <laughs> the Truman Show. Wow. Yeah. I, just, I, I really want you to explain that one. Well, I saw it as Not a young. My favorite movies, Dan, was the, the list. That, you know. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I love the Truman Show. Don't I guess get me I just wrong. I loved the concept of the movie. I could still watch it to this day. I... I I am biased towards Jim Carrey. Obviously. Um, I just, I, it was also one of those movies, one of the rare movies that he did that was a serious movie, relatively. Relatively serious. You know, because it's hard for him to not make jokes here and there yeah. um, or be a little witty or goofy. But The Truman Show, for me, it's just, I don't know. I, I was a teenager, I think. Uh, I saw it in the theater. I, I don't know. I loved every second of it. I thought it was really cool. Um, did the concept alone, I think, is is worth mentioning. I agree. It was a cool, very cool concept. Uh, very weird look at reality TV, if you will. Yeah, even before reality TV was was really a, as big as it is now, for sure. I mean, it existed, but it wasn't. Yeah, wasn't like it is now. Exactly. Um, I don't know. It the 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 to look at sort of the human condition to watch a person from its gestation to its adulthood. I mean, it's crazy. It's a, what a weird concept. And I don't know the, the whole thing, the love story of, of, you know, that too. And I don't, if you haven't seen it, am I spoiling anything? I don't know, but I don't know something about it. I just, I could just watch over and over again. Well, not literally, but I could watch it right now and be, Totally happy. The Truman, the show itself, if it existed, or the, the <laughs> no, no. See that that's a good point. Like, what if it did exist, and we're literally watching someone from just it? Maybe it would be gripping. I don't know. What if this is the Dan show, and this is all a fantasy here? Yeah, I don't know. It still gets me. Is there a monster in your house? Yeah, the Rockness. <laughs> Anyways, the Rockness monster. So yeah, the Truman Show for me. That's number three. That was a huge ding. Yeah. Is that your phone? No, it's uh, my MacBook is tied to my phone, so when I get a text message, it, oh. it does that. What so if, and this phone? is what this is a total crazy idea, what if you shut your phone off while we did a podcast? Well, because I'm actually getting, like, feedback and other stuff in terms of things. What do you mean? Like, you know, so I put that post out on the FB about, yeah. like, favorite movies. I'm not responding. I'm just, like, seeing these things as they come in. And I told people that I would 
I would mention some of what they say. Which you oh, I see all. what you're saying. Now is not a good time for that. As I'm gotcha. getting text messages, I'm not actually answering them. I'm just taking I see. The, see, I can't. You wanted to incorporate the listener's thoughts during the podcast. Yeah, I don't see a problem gotcha. with that at all. Got you, got you. I mean, you could have said, tell us by a certain time today before we start recording, but that's cool, too. Anyways, the Truman Show yeah. is... Mm, What's that other one that Jim Carrey did with the movie theater, Jubilee, June, something? Uh, the Majestic. The Majestic. Majestic. Yeah. Mm. I kind of like that one, too, but... It was okay. Yeah, but uh, just uh, to see Jim Carrey in a more of a serious role, uh, to watch his father, what he thought was his father, die. <laughs> well, it really was his father. Yeah. Die. What he thought was dying. Right, he thought was dying in that boating accident. It was, it was good, good. So that's it was that's good. it. That's my number three, man. I boom. The Truman Show. And you know what? I, I think you know you don't have to you don't have to defend your list too much here. I mean, yeah, it's, why? It's your list. Yeah. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Fair enough. This guy's texting people over here. Fair enough. So, so we're moving forward. So, yeah. Uh, Truman Show. Uh, I love. I've seen it about a hundred times. I love the movie. Is it Jim Carrey's best? I don't think so. Um, but was it gripping? Was it moving? Um, you know, if I don't see a good afternoon, good evening, and good night, I mean, oh, yeah, it's a great line. Yeah. So my number three, mm-hmm. Numero Trace. And uh, this movie, it didn't really change my life. I just thought it was incredibly well done. It was tense, and it, it brought you all the way to the last final seconds of the movie. Where you're like, oh, my God. Fucking God. Hmm. The Departed. Yeah. Hmm. The Departed. Yeah. Written nothing? It's, no, it's it, it deserves a top five somewhere. Uh, Absolutely. You just kind of, it's on my list, too. Oh, boy. Uh, it's on his list, too. Well, for me. And uh, I know for a fact that one of the listeners chose it as their all-time favorite movie. Yeah, I saw that. Somebody I know rather well. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that was Josh. Josh did say that, and I did make a mention that it might maybe be on my list. Um, first of all, the cast. Let's just the, the cast. Fantastic was fan, across the board. Fan freaking fantastic. But this is the thing. Fantastic. So, uh, Joe, mm. that's on your list. Yes. Okay. Yes. Then you know what? When you get to it, I would like us to discuss that further. Is that fair? Does everyone think that that's fair? That's completely okay. fair. All right. Cool. Let's move on. Joe, your number right. three. My number three is Mad Max Fury Road. Wow! Yeah. Great, great film. Please. Um. Yeah, uh, out of all the movies I was considering, you know, the, like dozens of movies going through my head, most of them, and Dan kind of touched on this earlier, were um, because they were important to me throughout my life. I had seen them early on and loved them. Sure. And I was thinking to myself, I want to, sort of want to try to include a movie that might be somewhat newer. But that's kind of hard, isn't it? Because I yeah. feel like you know they have to withstand a test of time. Yeah, on agreed. some level. Yeah, and because the movie—not that I would consider this necessarily a top five—but um, Logan popped into my head because yeah. a movie oh, where yeah. as soon as I saw it, I knew like I really like this movie a lot. Also, one of those movies that um, isn't just a good superhero movie; it's a good movie. But yeah, with Mad Max Fury Road, I, I wanted to think about. So I was, you know, gave you guys that list of movies to watch, and I was kind of thinking, 
I'm like getting worried because now <laughs> being 30, uh, <laughs> it's like I, I'm reaching that point where I'm thinking like, are movies sort of just not as good lately? Or am I getting old and bitter towards everything? Because it's happening with music too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Agreed. I'm looking for new bands to listen to and that's yeah. ah, crap. Everything sucks. Yeah, why do you do old. this? Nothing's yeah. as good as... Well, you're not as wide-eyed and wondrous anymore, you know? Right. When you're younger, you're just like, oh, wow, this is cool mm-hmm. to everything. And so, But with, with Mad Max, um, and I specifically went... I, I did not throw the whole series in there, uh, the Mad Max movies, um, because I like to think that Mad Max Fury Road was... I, I I didn't read this, and I haven't really watched any interviews with George Miller, but I sort of am under the impression that um, it was probably the Mad Max movie he wanted to make all along had he had the resources to do it. I could see that. And I, and I think it was good enough to um, to argue that. I, I, I mean, it, it's, it won Best Picture and uh, Best Director, which it should have. Yeah. yeah. But... Um, that was quite a movie. It's it's awesome. Furiosa. I mean, it's it's impressive on a lot of different levels. It's yeah. I mean, I don't want to sit here and go on and on too long about it. It's when it comes down to it, I liked the Mad Max movies to begin with, and like I said, being mm-hmm. a fan already, um, and being that such a long time had passed in between Mad Max movies and being sort of a reboot. You're kind of a lot of fans of the original. You know, we had that discussion. Like, yeah. when you come out with a new movie, oh, it could never live up. This one fucking did. And it was the best one. Oh, wow. Like, and I love, I mean, I, I, it would be a different discussion talking about Tom Hardy, who is an amazing actor, mm-hmm. as um, Max Rokitansky versus Mel Gibson. I'm not saying, I'm not saying Max is better, per se. I think they're both good, but uh, I think the movie, like I said, is I imagine it is probably this was the Mad Max project he wanted to do <laughs> from the beginning. And right, all, you're uh, right. Like it, pretty much, I think it was like ninety percent of all the stunts and stuff were real, um, actually, you know, real stunts, not CGI. Pra- practical, practical, practical stunts. Practical stunts. That's it. Yeah, I would just have to lose so much respect for. St- what? Well, for uh, CGI stunts and anybody eating olives on a microphone. Or pickles. <laughs> pickles. pickles on a Not microphone. Olives. I'm listening to you, though. This that's guy's over important. here. This, olives, for the disgusting. listeners, this guy's over here texting Not while texting. Joe's talking about Mad Max Not and eating, eating pickles out of his drink that he claims he has a hangover, yet he continues to drink vodka. Pickles. Well, uh, the only reason. <laughs> the pickles. <laughs> the pickles. I heard. Uh, listen, okay, you don't fucking sit there and judge me for anything. <laughs> I first of all, I am perfect, and second of all, we judge you constantly. Yeah, that's what we do. It's the weekend, okay? I don't have my daughter, which I miss her. I miss her little cherub face. Um, but I'm I got drunk last night, and I was in a lot of pain. Now I don't feel any more pain. Apparently, I'm... you're still drunk because you think it's cool to text while we're doing a podcast. Okay, first of all, I'm not texting. What were you doing? Checking emails? I'm, yes. Very important. No. I've listened to everything and understand. No. You know no, what? No, no, We're no, not no. going to argue this no. right now. I, I, <laughs> Joe is discussing 
Mad Max. Mad Max Fury Road. Furry Road. I saw fur. I saw it. That's that's the porn. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. That is great. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. We need a rim shot. Rim shot. Rim job. No. Um, I was discussing it. I think. I think that's about it. Good. Probably starting to ramble. No. Um. I. I think you touched on the most important parts. I think. Um. The dis. Discussing Tom Hardy versus Mel Gibson, it's different, different discussion. Very different. It, there were different roles. I feel. And uh, yeah, yeah. And also, I would argue that, um, and I'm not saying Tom Hardy is is a better Max, but I would say he probably fucking did the best you could do with you know, like, what are you really gonna bring out of that role if yeah. you think about the character? You're right. Like, I, I think he did as good as he could have. Yeah. And I thought Charlize Theron was awesome, even though apparently Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron didn't really get along. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. That I she sounds like a huge bitch. Um, no surprise. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> that doesn't matter. She just That's... looks like a bitch. She has a resting bitch face. She's gorgeous, though. Neither here nor there. But she she did awesome, though, so I don't care what she's yeah. like on a personal level. That's fair. Yeah. Well, we write each other. She's really nice, but that's okay. So, what are we? What number are we on now? Number two. All right, number, number two. two. This is a big Dan, one. Dan, please don't disappoint me this time because you do it so often. <sighs> well, like I said, I'm Jim Carrey heavy, stum and dumber. Nice. I can't disagree with you, although uh, I have a different number two. <laughs> dumb and dumber for me, uh, man. Every second I think of that movie, I was laughing. And even if I wasn't laughing, I was smirking. Um, Well, yeah, that was a huge part of my childhood, that movie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's something about a sense of humor that it goes... I don't know. It's not just dick and ball jokes. You know what I mean? Well, Uh, no. There's something about it. I mean, the Fairley brothers were fantastic. Aren't they always? But... The physical comedy aspect that Jim Carrey brought to it. I mean, the scene in the diner where they eat the hot peppers and he's smashing. He's smashing. <laughs> I'm laughing thinking about that right smashing now. Smashing mustard and ketchup onto the counter and they begin squirting straight up into the air. And he's trying for the mustard and ketchup to land on his tongue. I mean, just. How do you top that, dude? That's so funny. I just, I love, too, the subtle lines. The subtle lines are the best. Like, what's the soup du jour, the soup of the day? Mm, that mm, sounds good. Sounds I'll have good. that. <laughs> You're <laughs> yes. right. These little these little quirks, little lines, they were I, I, in there. They were perfect. Yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, like, yeah, it's called Dumb and Dumber. And, and, right. You know, it's like, but what is great about it comedically is it takes so much that is really slapstick but it's also so nuanced and i think jim carrey allows for that and that's that's also what i think why i like cable guy yeah is cuz that brought more the the subtleties out yeah, uh, from the, jim jim carrey's delivery that it, or at least yeah. it, it afforded him that opportunity right um but yeah dumb and dumber it because it's not just, like you said, it's not just, you know, balls and farts and stuff like that, which I think Dumb and Dumber 2 was more of. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. I feel like, so, if I if you take Dumb and Dumber, you take Dumb and Dumber 2, and you, you take a movie like The Boondock Saints and The Boondock Saints 2, exactly the same. 
And people are like, well, is that, that doesn't even make any sense. The Boondock Saints is not really a comedy, and Dumb and Dumber is a comedy. What are you talking about? And my response is this. The first movie was what I'd like to call a happy accident. It was organic. Mm-hmm. It was it happened, and it was fan-fucking-tastic. The stars were aligned. Yeah, Dumb Everything and Dumber, Dumb and Dumber was one of the greatest comedies I've ever seen in my life. Right. And I'm so glad you brought it into this conversation because – it, it it was it. I watched it at a very young age. I was probably way too young mm-hmm. to watch the movie, mm-hmm. um, and it worked. It made me laugh. And then as I got older, I started to understand the innuendos and the other jokes, and and it made it made it even better for me. And that's a movie I could go upstairs right now, toss on, and I'll still laugh my ass off. Right. I feel like with the second movie, they were trying so hard to recapture the magic of the first movie. You're right. And that's the same thing for a lot of things. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Right. I I think that's kind of makes me think of, first of all, you're absolutely right that that you put that very well. Thank um, you, Joe. But uh, that's kind of like... American. I don't think you did that well with it. But that's it's kind of like yeah, American. Go fuck yourself. I, I've always thought of it that's like American Idiot and then 21st Century whatever breakdown Green Day. Oh yeah. Oh, the so, day of like Green. American Idiot. As this, this you're is not so going to recapture. Yeah. It, it, recapture it became that. a concept album by accident, sort of. They're like, yeah. oh, this is happening, and then they they finished it, and it was brilliant, awesome, yeah. and then. They became like self-aware and then tried doing it. The, I mean, the next Don't. one was ridiculous. They yeah. did like different acts. It was so and stuff, stupid. Like Act One and Act yeah. Two. Like, oh, give me a break. I couldn't yeah. even. I, I think you're that absolutely one. right, though, as far as drawing that analogy um, with Boondock Saints One and Two, and Dumb and Dumber, and Dumb and Dumber Two. Is when I watched when I finally saw the sequel um, to Boondock Saints. I remember, first of all, my friend Chad thought it was awesome. Greatest thing ever. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. And I was sitting there and I was like, I feel like my intelligence is being insulted. I feel like, um, what the hell's the director's name? Troy Duffy or some shit? Troy Duffy. Huge piece of shit. Biggest tool ever. Huge piece of shit. Um, What a tool. Yeah, Uh, fuck him. I, I felt like he was actually sitting there. And making fun of me in my face yep. for liking the first film. Yep. Like yep. I got to be honest with you, I didn't even see the second one. You're because that's fine. That's, Don't. Just I loved the first, the first one, one so much, there. Stay and there. then there was so much time in between the first and the second one, and then when some. All it took was like two people to see the second one, and they said, "Don't, it's terrible." I it go, is. Okay, it, I believe you. Yeah. The, the first <laughs> one, the first one, and I love how we got on Boondock Saints right now, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, because we can draw these comparisons. Um, the first movie, first of all, was ultra super violent, mm-hmm. as we know, and it came. It, I it mean, if you think shooting theaters, a cat is violent, fine. there's a lot. Obviously, there's a lot more. The the, the movie came out the same time as Columbine. Uh, happened. Ah, yes. yes so yes, it yes, was yes, actually yes. pulled from theaters, and it went right yeah. to straight to. And you budged this earlier, blockbuster video. It, yeah. It spread and was success successful purely on word of mouth and college students yep. that saw this movie. It became a college staple of. Oh my God! You need to see this movie. We're in college. Yeah, that's cool. Incidentally, I think my freshman year of college almost ruined the Boondock Saints for me single-handedly. Mm, thanks, really? Thanks, RIT, along with Family Guy. It was like by Christmas Ugh. of my freshman oh, year of college. Oh, because so many people were watching yeah. the movie. Yeah. At that, I was like, 
what the fuck? I, I watched Family Guy when before it got canceled the first time. Right. Like, who the fuck? You know. Oh man, I just I almost couldn't watch the movie after my freshman year. I'm I'm completely with you in terms of that because I mean it was watched and watched and watched and it was like you need to see this and you need to, you're not cool if you see this and and this that and the other and then but I saw Boondock Saints. I yeah. made my own opinion and I loved it. And and then I had to kind of scale back from watching it again. Like I had to be like, you know what? I can't watch this for a while. Yeah. But every time I put it back in, I, I rekindle. I realize again why I love it. Does that make sense? No, of course it yeah. does. And I was going to say because we this started with Dumb and Dumber, and that and no, it's not all dick and ball jokes. But yes, pretty much if you look at it, it's juvenile humor. But the, yeah, what but, I think works so well levels. about juvenile, I, I think that's more of a launching point for the the comedy that it was. Right. I'm with, but I'm if you watch it now as an adult, you can still laugh at the same things that you laughed at when you were a kid. Well, yeah. That's, that's you know what saying that it's it's like dick and balls jokes is sort of like saying that Jim Gaffigan just makes it's, it's just about food. Like, right. Yeah, that's fair. But that's it's, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot more. I mean, if you want to look at the broad and, picture, the he nuance. gets into he gets his tongue stuck to a frozen thing. He takes <laughs> diarrhea in the woman's house. Yes, but then you double that with <laughs> you the, know, the nuanced humor. Like, for instance, the scene when they're in the hot tub talking about Freda Felcher. Yes. And he's like, then she gives me a John Deere letter. Like, first of all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's a yeah. Dear John letter, which right. is the breakup letter. The and then he learns that he's he's the guy that she cheated on him with. Exactly. But what I'm saying is it's just hilarious. something as simple as, I yeah. got a John Deere letter. Like, yeah. I laughed when I got older and I saw it right. again. Yeah. I laughed so hard at that scene because I never caught that when I was younger. Because yeah. God knows I've gotten my share of Dear John letters. Ooh. But what I'm saying is when, when you notice that... They're called restraining orders. <laughs> I've, uh, oh, two anyway. points to Joe. Uh, <laughs> put them on the board. I've been awarded the first two points of your podcast. That's right. Oh, my God. Critical mass. Two points, Joe. Right. Um, but it, it, those little things like um, I'm from Austria. Oh, let's put another shrimp on the barbie. That's like, a lovely know. accent you have. Yeah. New Jersey. New, New, New Jersey. <laughs> but like just those little subtled nuanced comedy that just like, um, you know, so sold a couple of things. <laughs> Baseball cards, Petey. Petey! Petey never had. Harry, I took <laughs> care of it. I, now, the of fact, it. I literally say that almost every single day when my yeah. boss gives me a case to work on with a client. Yeah. He'll be like, did you do, did you do, Harry! I took care of it. Yeah. Like every time and you're butchering that quote, by the way, but I'm going to go ahead. No, go. no, go ahead. You know what? Do the whole thing. If you're, well, no, it's just, ahead. I mean, it's, it's it. my number three. Can you fix it. Can you fix Listen, it? it's, it's my number, number three. Two. It number two. two. It's your number That's two. That's what I meant. It's my number two. But you don't even know what fucking number we're on. And you want to talk to me about anything. Go ahead. I feel go like ahead. we're, we're fighting quote. with pool noodles at this point. Do the quote. Uh, so he buys, I think, a bag of, of peanuts or do something. Some snacks. Do yeah. it. Do some. He's more. like, how? Do, wait, how did you come up with the money for that? And he goes, Well, I sold a few things. Food. What? Sorry, I was quoting True Lies. Okay. Jo- Josh would get it. Go ahead. So, well, now he got me all flustered. What did he say? He goes, uh, 
Yeah, so, you know, a couple of baseball cards. But he says something else, and then he says Petey. Yeah, exactly. Petey, I was blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Wait, wait. How were, you to raise, how were you able to raise 10 extra dollars? I sold some stuff. What kind of stuff? He was chewing. I sold some stuff. Um, sack of marbles, a few baseball cards. <coughs> Petey. Yeah, he's just <laughs> the cops so terrible. Like, that's Petey. Petey never had. Harry. I you, took care you of sold, You sold our dead bird to the blind kid? Yeah. Billy and Forcey. Pretty bird. Pretty bird. Harry. Pretty bird. I took care of it. He just has this attitude. It wasn't yelling. Pretty bird. Josh is probably squirming right now at all the mistakes. Yeah, he's, yeah, 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 yeah. Josh, if you're hearing this, Fuck you. I just... So, in, yeah, in fairness, you guys are right. It's like, it, it's the juvenile humor that is the launching point to the rest of the stuff that's yeah. really funny. Like, his insecurity when he's at the bar because he's supposed to be on that date <laughs> and he's so insecure about it and she's not showing up because he was given, you know, a false <laughs> or the claim. the bar when he The bartender. Out, when he points at the man on the No, bar. or when you're interrupting, you bastard. Wow. We're going to fight. We are going to fight today. Fine. No, he's at the bar and he, uh, he's talking to the bartender. He's just so insecure and just the way he responds to the bartender, like, oh, Mary Swanson? Yeah, she comes in here all the time. And he grabs him. What's that supposed, What's to, that mean? supposed to mean? She For dinner. dinner. <laughs> oh, yeah. He fixes his car. I, I love that. I, it's just, I love it. it's great. I know where she lives. Yeah, yeah Grandma's got the big Samson. Swatney. Swanson. Swammy. Swanson. So okay, Samson, so that's my I, number two. I was way I, off. I, I think um, going back to your Big Lebowski, I, I would say Dumb and Dumber might be even a bigger quotable movie. Um, Agreed. And and not just for like us as a group of friends or, or many groups of friends. I mean, like on ESPN, everything like Dumb and that's Dumber true. is a universally quoted movie, and it has yeah. been for what was it like ninety three or something? Yeah. Where are you yeah, going? Was it ninety three or ninety four? <laughs> Yeah. Or, you know, he's like, so why are you going to the airport? Are you, flying somewhere? <laughs> How'd you know? How'd you know? Ah, I saw I your saw luggage. luggage. <laughs> my <laughs> uncle. Well, he was my uncle. <laughs> yeah. Just talking about dying on the way to the yeah. airport. Statistically, you're far more likely to be killed <laughs> on the way to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so that's uh, my number two. And, and the fact that if they had got married, she would have been named Merry Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. That's, uh, that's, I, I think wow. it was Josh who told me that wait, when a long time ago, like when we were kids. Oh wow, that's I, I never really put that together, and I'm glad you did. <laughs> I'm 31 years old, and I just put together that her name would have been Merry Christmas. Yeah, thank you, just Joe. To point you, out Joe. how how like. Even on another level. Yeah, they just did not belong together. It just yeah. wasn't going to happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, number two. Number two, Dan. First of all, I want to thank you, Dan, because that number two of yours brought me great joy. Good. So thank you. Yes, Good. I appreciate that. My number two was already mentioned, and uh, that's the Back to the Future series. Oh, yeah. Um, there, There's a reason it's number two. Uh, my brother and I talked about this actually ad nauseum. Um. I don't think there is a better written or better well put together trilogy in terms of the ins and the outs, the time traveling aspects, the the way the movies flow mm-hmm. into one another. There is no other trilogy, period, that is written as well 
as Back to the Future. I mean, the third one, a bit different visually, styly, stylized, but because but the first two were so connected story-wise. But I mean, all of it, every single, I'm, I'm regardless, every single piece, and there was foreshadowing to the third one in the first two movies, if you've paid enough attention. Um, for instance, in the second one, Doc is wearing a shirt that has trains and like Wild West oh. people on it. Um, there is a part, actually, I thought, too, that was cool in the third one, mm-hmm. which everyone talks shit about. I don't think the third one was the best one, but I don't think it was a bad movie it, by it's any It's still stretch. a part of the one of the greatest trilogies ever. I mean, Zemeckis was, I mean, was so on point yeah. with all of that, but um, when he has the gun and um, Marty McFly grabs the pie plate and throws it like mm-hmm. a Frisbee, and it was Frisbee pies, and what's funny is that's a fact. That's actually a thing. So Frisbee pies, that's where we get Frisbee from. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So that's, yeah, I didn't know that either. I had to actually read on that. Wow. I thought that was you, fucking neat. You read. I know, it's weird. <laughs> um, but it, it just all of, the, like, the way it connected, the way the three were were put together, uh, it's to me, is mind-blowing. And... Again, um, you know, I said I would bring this up before, but the Back to the Future movies are also movies that I, I sat with my dad and watched when I was young and bring back a lot of great memories in terms of that. Um, Michael J. Fox, I mean, I just I just wish I... He's still alive, but I just I kind of wish I could have known him. Personally? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. You know. He's a great, a great, great... He's a great man. There was a show, unfortunately, that got canceled... Um, about Michael J. Fox and his family, and it, it joked about his Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. And what I loved about him and poking fun of his own Parkinson's was a, a, there was a trailer for the TV show. Yeah. And the family was sitting down to dinner. Was it a sitcom or a... a sitcom. Ra- oh, okay. And his family was sitting down to dinner, and um, everyone's, like, serving themselves, and he he's serving himself, and he's got a spoon, and he picks up the peas... <laughs> And he's They're like shaking, shaking. <laughs> and the peas are just coming off the spoon. And he's like doing it again, and the peas are coming off the spoon. And yeah. finally, his wife just grabs his hand and goes, "We don't have time for a personal victory right now. Everyone's oh my hungry. god!" <laughs> <laughs> just the fact, like that he mm. he can do that. Um, I think that he is a class act as a man. Yeah. Um, I think he is a true hero because he has never once said, "I have Parkinson's. Feel bad for me." He has never once said, I am better than you because I have, I'm afflicted by this disease. Not that people do that. People act that way. People have this act that because I have a disease or I have something that, eh, 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 you know, yeah. Michael J. Fox is a, is a, is, he's just, he's he great. Is, I feel he is a true hero yeah. in acting. I feel that his role as Marty McFly personally changed my life um, and personally opened my eyes to such a great adventure. Yeah. Such we a, all wish we could be him. We really do. Oh my God. It and was, it's so easy to slip ourselves into those shoes. But for me, it's like, and you guys know, for me, I'm Marty and Captain is my doc. Yeah. You know what I mean? I and, have to agree there. And, and that's, yeah, that's, and that for me yeah. means a lot. Yeah. You know, and then on top of that, you know, the fact that I have such great family memories on top of that, of watching those three movies together. And then, um, 
recent like my dad was in town recently and they came on Netflix and yeah. he was here and Alex had you know had never seen them before. Yeah. So we had put those on and they were just they're such great films. And did you know, fun fact, Disney, they pitched it to Disney and Disney said it was too risque because of Marty and his mom. Yeah, that scene. And they had to explain that you realize that it's a time travel movie and that Marty had no interest in his mother. Right. And his mother didn't know that that was her yeah. son. Like, yeah. duh. And Disney was like, too much. And yeah. whereas other places they pitched the movie to had stated it wasn't risque enough. Yeah. Which I always thought was, I think that's funny. Yeah. But anyway, any anyone else thoughts on Back to the Future? I know we talked, we touched on it a little earlier. But it's just, I mean, talking about it makes me want to go watch it right now. I mean, I love, don't you love that? If it's a rainy day and you're sick, you're at home for whatever reason, you can't get out of the house and you don't have any of those movies, you're fucked. Get a gun and kill yourself. Exactly. If you don't make to the future, kill yourself now. I think we also have to thank Back to the Future for some of the best McDonald's toys. Um, <laughs> in memory, at, at least, unless you guys can. I don't no, remember. I don't. I'm yeah, starting the, to get some remembrance. The wind up car. Yeah, that was a good one. It lit up too. You Never pull, had. Pulled no. it back, yeah. and then you would you pull it back, and you let it go, and it had the sparks inside. Yeah. yeah. And like, it, oh yeah, the DeLorean. Hell yeah. Didn't. Never had one. That'll of those. be our our next list: best McDonald's toys. Oh, that's a great episode all yeah. in itself, right there. Okay. Mind blown. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Back to the Future. Um, Back to the Future for me. Um, Back to the Future is a huge part of my life, and I think um, in my mind, you guys obviously we've already discussed this: how big Star Wars, how much Star Wars had an impact on my life. So for me to say that another movie has, in a non-sexual way and a sexual way, touched me. Yeah, yeah. Um, close to, if not almost at the level of Star Wars. And that was, for me, that's why Back to the Future hit number two for me. Yeah. Was that, for me, it was like, holy fuck, these movies were yeah. such a big part of my life. So if it wasn't for Star Wars, then definitely Back to the Future would be it for you. Yes. Yeah. Without, e- without even a question. Yeah. I think that's what the number two means. <laughs> I just you know defined I'm, the I'm number trying, system. <laughs> I'm trying to uh, to bring my heart into this, yeah. and you're just being a No, I'm dude. making fun of myself. You're like That was just an obvious statement, because that's what number two and one... That's how the relationship works between number two and number one. I'm going to fucking take a number two and um, put your car in a minute. Joe? <laughs> Joe, Joe. God damn it. You're number um, two, please. It was now. The Departed. There it is. Okay. So now we can gone. talk about it. Yay. Yeah. Go ahead. Which Joe, everybody, you start. First of all, I'd like to say there's too many too many cuss words, but go ahead. <laughs> everybody's been eagerly awaiting this. Um, interestingly enough, our Departed conversation is going to be longer than the movie, which is... <laughs> okay. Um, it's a pretty I, long movie, too. I don't know. As with With all we've discussed about the other movies, it's like... The Departed is just a good fucking movie. Oh I mean, my god! Like, do you? Re- I mean, I went to director the three times. Cast, it's a guys' guys movie. Predator the, the is ca- a guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good <laughs> call, on that Joe. <laughs> Joe, talk to me about the casting for Departed because for me that was the one of the biggest B-rate actors just doing a great job. Uh, yeah, just saved by the material. Yeah. I well, mean, the only huge B actor was Alec Baldwin. 
in that movie. I, I thought he was fine. You in think his he's part. a B actor? No, I thought he was fantastic. I think he's. Uh, I think he is. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I think he's like the great. I think he's up there with uh, what's his name from Evil Dead. Um, uh, Bruce, Campbell <laughs> Bruce Campbell as the best B actors of yeah, all time. Yeah, but Bruce Campbell acknowledges that that's what he is, and right. he's like a William Shatner. That's right? what makes Alec Baldwin so funny, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Br- Bruce gets it, yeah, and Alec doesn't, and that's what makes him great. But anyway, all right, continue. Um, I'm, I don't know what else. You're gonna have to help me. It's okay. Just, so we it's got just an awesome movie. We got Alec Baldwin, Matt Leo Damon. DiCaprio, Matt Damon. Jack Nicholson. Jack so Nicholson. okay, as far as uh, the cast and yeah. in relation to the roles that they play in this movie, Leo DiCaprio. Okay, I I was talking with my um, my sister's boyfriend about this once. How we sort of like we sort of think that Leo DiCaprio is he's not an easy sell on intimidating and tough. Mm. Um, That's fair. That's and fair. He he does despair. Better than anybody. Like, Despair, he can capture yeah. better than any other actor. Just yes. the, the yeah. facial expressions. But it's, you don't, you know, he's not a guy that you'd be like, yeah, I'd be intimidated by him if he were pissed off. Right. But in The Departed, he pulls it off. He pulls it off as a guy who's not necessarily the toughest physically or could beat somebody up physically. Just He pulls it off with his temper. He has nothing to lose. And right. one of the greatest scenes after you've already seen the movie when you inevitably go back and watch it numerous times. Yeah. When you see his interview with Martin Sheen and uh, and Mark Wahlberg, and how Mark Wahlberg is just fucking going at him, just being a huge smartass. Oh, and yeah. You can just see on his face He's, how badly he wants to erupt and just fucking beat the shit out of him. And yeah. later in the movie, like, you don't know that seeing the movie for the first time, yeah. but knowing his character in hindsight, you're like, this is the greatest scene ever. <laughs> oh, He's yeah. so pissed. Because there's so much tension. He, and not only that, I'm so glad you brought up that scene because I love the fact that they they picked him out, they brought him in, and they were discussing with the fact that he, they were discussing the fact that he had divorced parents. One of his parents lived in Boston proper. One of his parents lived in South Boston. If you know South Boston, it's kind of the ghetto part of Boston. And how he he's like, we bet you changed your accent based on who you were visiting. Huh? Do you drop your vowels a little bit? Huh? And they were pressing him, and they were pressing him, and they were pressing him. And finally, DiCaprio, boom, goes right into the accent. Mm-hmm. That old fucking, that ghetto-ass Boston accent. And, and um, by the way, I consider DiCaprio to be an actor that I think is really talented. He's a great actor, but he's terrible at accents. Please don't give him accents. <laughs> like Brad Pitt. Don't don't give Brad Pitt accents, please. Yeah. That, Snatch? Yeah, they had to change. I mean, funny thing is that uh, Guy Ritchie originally had uh, Brad Pitt's character as just, I think, just British. But he had to change it because he didn't like Brad Pitt's British accent. If you've ever seen the movie Troy, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I got. I... And even in Glorious Bastards, even though it's humorous, just don't give Brad Pitt accents, please. He's in some of my favorite movies. I think he's an outstanding actor. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. Just don't, you know, he's not great with the accents. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's it's a different dimension of acting, and you know, it. I just don't think it's their strong point. But again, with Leo DiCaprio, I think The Departed is an exception, in that. The Boston accent, at least, and arguably for maybe what you brought up is a loophole for DiCaprio in that role, is it doesn't have to be a super thick, consistent Boston accent. Yeah. You know, like in Gangs of New York, like his Irish accent 
was terrible and kind of terrible. went out like within five minutes of the movie. And I then every now and then he would say like one word and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. He's supposed to have Mar- Artie yeah. Shaw's up. So I think another reason why The Departed is a strong movie is that the watcher and listener, the viewer, is struggling the whole movie with what side they're going to take because it really is between, you know, the the police and this, I don't want to call him a drug lord. Uh, gang. It's a, he's, he's, he's an, an Irish mob. Yeah. So you're sort of struggling between which side you're going to take because each side has a rat on the inside. Exactly. And so it's difficult. There's so many different characters and the way that they play off each other and the, the, the viewer is going, wait, which side's the good side? Because if he wins, then that means he's fucked. But if they win, that means this guy's fucked. And oh my God. So the whole time you're going, well, how is this going to play out? Yeah. As uh, as great as DiCaprio did with the that temper and the you know strung out anxiety, as great as he did, I think um, Matt Damon was great as a snake piece of shit that you yeah. want to punch oh, in the face. Yeah. Perfect. perfect cast cast perfectly. Absolutely. I never hated him before. Yeah. I never hated Matt Damon. Really. And now, I mean, that movie, he did so well in me being like, you little snake, rat, fucking piece of shit. He, yeah. Uh, that was a perfect person to so be cast in that role. Yeah. He did such a great job, honestly. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And uh, uh, the only, um, I, I think the only problem I have with that movie, and it's not a problem, but, um, Oh, like you guys said, the one flaw that's not even really a flaw with uh-huh. like Back to the Future. For me, with The Departed, is at the very, very, very end of the movie, the rat on the railing. Uh, another reason that I loved The Departed immediately when it came out, when I first saw it, was like I'm not going to pretend to be like the biggest Scorsese fan ever, but um, what I liked about The Departed was at least at the time. It kind of seemed like the first plot-driven movie Scorsese did, um, where it, it wasn't just a character study. You know, you think of, like, Taxi Driver and and Gang... Wait, did Gangs New York come out afterwards? Anyways, his other movies were primarily just about the characters with, like, very simple plots. And this one, he had fun with the plot itself. And uh, I, I appreciated that as as sort of a Scorsese fan. Good point. No, absolutely. I mean, Scorsese is a, is one of those directors that has changed the face of movies. You know, he's up there with Spielberg. He's up there with um, Spielberg. Um, <laughs> um, you know, countless others. But countless yes. others. Yeah, with I agree. Another, another who comes to mind though? Seriously, Spielberg. Um, <laughs> in terms of great Steven Spielberg too. Steven well, Spielberg. Yeah, yes. I mean, I would. Throw Tarantino out there. Tarantino, just Nolan, um, yeah, as great actor or great actors, Jesus Christ, great directors of our. You don't think you just roll your eyes to Nolan? I want you to uh, no. Explain your eye roll, you motherfucker. I don't know. Come on, Nolan. The range on Nolan. The range on Nolan. Uh, the Batman series, Interstellar, yeah. what Memento? Yeah. Um, Memento. There's range. You're right. Get the fuck okay. out of here with his Inception. Range. Anybody? Uh, can we Inception, get completely sidetracked? And talk about Inception. Uh, what do you guys think of that one? Can we love it? Let's. Talk. Uh, it needs to be watched <laughs> really? over and over and over that's, again. That's why I brought it up. Oh yeah, this this would be a good list too um, for some other time. 
list of movies that are pretty much universally loved, but you don't like them. Oh, or, okay, okay. Okay, and go ahead. I, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say I dislike Inception. I guess I sort of do. Um, but, yeah, Inception annoys me. Can you tell Sorry. me? I mean, we're going to go off on this tangent, but okay, I well, like Inception, but I don't think Inception is the greatest, like, my favorite movie of all it's, time. So. It's fun. I'll give it that. I mean, it's a it's a fun movie. It's visually, it's it's yeah, fun. Yeah, that's it's, I think the main pull. It's is entertaining. It's a visually, it's sort of the concept is cool too. You yeah, know? it's like ooh, dream. No one. What knows annoys what me mean. about Inception is that it's it's a film where because it's so complex, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not saying it's hard to follow. This is my problem with it: is that the premise of it is so complex that essentially the entire script is the writers, Christopher Nolan, or I guess the Nolan brothers, mm-hmm. explaining to you the rules of Inception and what's going on. Yeah, yeah, good it's point. The writers, good point, Joe. <laughs> the, the characters are, like, winking at you the whole time. Yeah. Okay, so but, you're what you're saying like, is... Like, so we're in so-and-so's Like, the, they right look now. at the camera and go, did you understand that? Yeah, so, exactly. Like, okay. <laughs> we'll take a minute. Okay, so just so I understand and the listeners understand what you're trying to say is uh, pretty much insulting the intelligence of the moviegoer by rather than uh, making a scene, creating an instance that allows us to infer what is going on, they're blatantly explaining the plot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yes. episode one, Star Wars episode one, was literally that. and it Which pit, is what, what Jane the Virgin out. is. Jane the Virgin is a show I've never watched, I never will watch, I have no interest in watching. Well, I, good. And I, I don't even think it's necessarily the fault of the Nolans. I, I don't think there's any other way to tell that story. You have to explain carefully what's going on to people because Inception is made up and right. it, and it is intricate and complex. So maybe it's their fault for making it that way. And yeah, they probably could have simplified it and given some credit to the audience that they would be able to piece stuff together. And, and maybe it the detail it went into was maybe extraneous. Like we could have, you know, not had... Like, you know, you have the, the totem. Like, well, we need this to, you know, that's used for this. and Oh, it, yeah. You know, they, I don't know. It's just the whole movie was characters explaining to you what's going on. And that, point. that's hard to get past for Well, me. this isn't a podcast about things that annoy us. Well, no. Okay, but, let's stay positive. I mean, we're talking about movies, though, and I think I think but, No, I, I said it's enjoyable it's a, as far as being fun. If you, you know, with the sound off, it's great. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, though, you make wow. a good point with these movies, and I, I referenced episode one doing this, you know, uh, the introduction of Anakin Skywalker. They were talking about the pod racing. Speaking of podcasting, pod racing. And uh, they say that you have to have reflexes of humans don't possess in order to be a pod racer. And Anakin was like, I'm the only human that can do it. Oh, well, then you must be a Jedi. You must have Jedi-like reflexes. Why not, like, just show us Anakin practicing his pod racing? And then us being able to infer that he has Jedi-like reflexes. Why do you have to have this dialogue that's saying, well, I'm the only human that can do it. Well, then you must be like a Jedi. And yeah. then it's like, okay, well, why can't I just make put that together myself? And I, or, I agree with you. Inception did the same thing. Or like um, sort of on a similar level, what like Dan was talking about earlier with uh, the, the fast transitions mm-hmm. in A New Hope. And I brought up how... Um, you know the the aunt and uncle die and it's immediately like whoosh, star wipe and let's yeah. <laughs> work and a new like if I don't know maybe um, George Lucas didn't have as much confidence in in um, 
Luke Skywalker there. Mark Hamill. Yep. Yeah. Mark Hamill. Uh, but he did, though, because then, he, you know, he, he gives some time to show his reaction to Obi-Wan dying. Sure. So it's like, instead of saying, like, oh, now I'm ready to fight, or I want to fight, like, because he, he did say something along those lines, right? Wasn't there a line? There, I think he did say something where now I want to be a Jedi and now I want to go, you know, something along those lines. Yeah, right? I, uh, Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen are killed, and he's like, "There's nothing left for me here. Right, I, right. I want to become a, a Jedi." And he's yeah. like, "You've taken a much." Uh, and Obi Wan's just like, "You've taken All right, a let's go and first step into a much larger world." And if yeah. they had taken a few seconds extra to just show us that, it's like the viewer knows. <laughs> that right you know, like right. we don't need a we don't need that like and soliloquy there's nothing left for me here what's great is too is that at the end of uh did you see force awakens nope and you haven't seen force awakens when no i was just talking to you a little bit about it earlier when ray touches luke skywalker's lightsaber which was also anakin skywalker's lightsaber which was always Dar- which is also darth vader's lightsaber etc yes. right yes at yes, the yes. end of that you hear a, a whisper a background whisper and it's hard to make out until you've watched it about 40 times, which I have. And it's, it's, an, it's Obi-Wan from Episode 4. And he is whispering, you've just taken your first steps into a much larger world. Like, as she lets go of it. And I love how they, they, they do that shit. It's, I'm making it's interesting a, how we're not even into the, the number one pick for yeah. us. And we're already talking about Rock's number one. Well, we don't know that yet. Yes, we all do. Let's oh, be honest. Fair. All right. Well, it's on that note, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. On that note, but here's a fun game. Let's guess <laughs> what each other's number one is. Right. I mean, I think we know the Rockness monster. I don't have a guess for is, either of you. I don't Star really know. Wars. I, I need a. I'm gonna need a second for. I'd like to guess here. Joe's. Go ahead. You'll I would like you to guess Joe's. And yeah. I, you, you should guess too. Well, you, maybe you just don't know. Him I well just, enough. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to guess. I, Joe's number one rhymes with might love. <laughs> uh, flight, flight club. Uh, yes. No, it's slant rhyme. Uh, Would I be wrong? No, you wouldn't. Well, be wrong. we're going to. We're going to. We're about to hit a break, and then after the break, we're going to come back because it's a teaser for those people. We're that all going to discuss because I believe our number ones are probably going to take a long time. Well, to I don't think that they should. You know, I think it should be a real. Oh, we just say it and leave. That's stupid. That's the stupidest thing you've ever seen. All right. Let's take a break. We're going to take a break. Thanks a lot, everyone. We'll be right back. The Critical Mass Podcast can now be found at the8o'clockstop.com. That's the8o'clockstop.com. We're there along with our friends at the Hypothetically Speaking Podcast where they answer hypothetical questions. It's a lot of fun. And you'll also find a whole bunch of other fun multimedia there uh, from music to art to, well, all kinds of stuff. Check it out real soon. That's the 8oClockStop.com. Well, folks, welcome back to Critical Mass Movie Podcast this week. As actually, we're going to be breaking this down into two parts. It's so long. Yeah, this is going to be a two-parter. We're at um, nearly three hours. Uh, hey, hey, Rockness, this is a really long podcast. This one, you say, how long is it? How long is it? It's so long. It's as big as your... Let's move on. Oh, I do have a big penis. Thank you. Can we just raise this up? Like, get the... You know what I'm saying? Is is this a child's podcast? Do do 13-year-olds run this? Yes. Okay. That's our producer under the stairs. A little bit of a highlight for everybody and and just catching up. Uh, All of Rockness's top five sucks. 
Uh, Joe's top five thus oh, far you mean is fantastic. His top six? Yes, top six so far sucks. Guys are assholes. It's about his, to be like seven, eight, nine, ten. Yes, Joe's top five is fantastic. Mine obviously is perfect. Um, <laughs> but we're about to do our number ones. This is my last podcast with Critical Mass. <laughs> it could go on for a while, but uh, we all have guesses as to what number is everybody's number one. I was guessing that Joe's is Fight Club, and that Rockness is, is Empire Strikes Back. Yep. Um, Good guess, but I want to hear what what you guys think my number one is. Well, Joe had a great thought. Uh, yeah, just go with your gut, Joe. My, my first guess was was Office Space. Rock. That, that was just my immediate. I mean, I, you, tick, Dan, tick, you, you tick, have a tick, mind tick, that is tick. glorious, and the amount of times that you've quoted Office Space. I feel like I'm kind of with Joe on that, only because I also don't have any other guesses. I, I could have, I don't know. I, now I'm just doubting myself, but I could have also guessed Ace Ventura. That might be more of a J movie. That well, I mentioned that in my honorable mention. Which is the only reason why okay. I didn't say it. Okay. Yes, it's Office Space. Yes. All right, let's talk uh, about it, Dan. So Go. Office <laughs> Space is my number one. Uh, it's one of those almost like a begrudgingly number one, because like, I was sitting there thinking, like, my God, what's like the movie that I just like, this is it. I don't think it's the greatest movie ever made. I, I think that goes along with anybody's number one. The only person who would believe that just overall they're right about their number one is, is Rockness. Rockness. You're right. Because it means well, so yes. much to him. But for me, <laughs> yeah. I, yes. for me, nobody in the world is more certain about their number yeah. one. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the reason why I'm going to say it's my number one is because it, it sounds so weird and corny, but it's like it meant so much to me at the time. Uh, beyond its comedy, I mean, yes, for me, it, it's got to be funny. But beyond that, like just the topics that they talk about, you know, who are you as a person? We're not meant to sit in these cubicles. Um, do we really have to follow all the rules of society that, that they're putting in front of us? You know, um, those kinds of things really spoke to me at that time in my life. Uh, and not only that, but the way that they brought it to me was funny. You know what I mean? Where he unscrews one side of his cubicle and just sort of gently pushes it over. Like I just remember being in high school looking at the rest of my life going, yeah, that, I don't want that. And I live that now. Yeah, and I'm, I was afraid that that could have been a reality for me. And I, you you're just so hyper ideal as a, as a teenager, you think, oh, this is the, I'm, I I got the life figured out. This is the way life is. You know, you don't do this, man. You do this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, obviously, I'm a huge failure, so it didn't work out. But I I just love the you movie. Are. You are. I think even there's I find meaning in the most subtle things that they do in that movie. Um, for example. The fact that the main character there, Peter, was talking about when he was in high school himself and they had those tests that came out to to decide what you'd be good at or what career path you should take. And just as he's trying to explain that, yes, some people are going to be janitors and some people are going to be lawyers, he's trying to explain that the test was silly uh, the other character there, uh, 
Michael Bolton <laughs> begins, there's a paper jam. Mm-hmm. And when the printer or the copier or something. And so I saw that, just the fact that he was trying to explain something and all of a sudden a mundane part of life got in the way. I saw that as a metaphor. I was like, holy shit. They're, they're already trying to explain the fact that you can't even think about this. You can't even think about how shitty your life is because life gets in the way. <laughs> you know? That's it's scary and Questions true. bullshit to begin with because no one... <laughs> yes, that's the... Yeah. There'd be no janitors because no one would clean no, shit no, up. No one would want to clean shit that. up, but yep. there's no response. There's no retort to that. You can't actually think about, oh, maybe he's right, maybe yeah, he's wrong because immediately he gets fucked up with this... PC load letter? What the fuck does that mean? You're missing the point, Samir. The point is if... PC load letter? Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? Exactly. So... It's a memorable scene. Philosophically, for me, it, it just hit home at that time in my life. It was perfect, and it was funny. Um, and I, I think um, Peter Gibbons is clearly, like you've already implied, an easy character to relate to. Right. Which is seems to be a common theme with all of our movies we have on our list. Is main exactly. characters that you could see your you can see yourself in or, in their or, shoes absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. but I mean there are a lot of people out there myself included who's like it, you know Peter even asks himself like later in the movie when he's apologizing to um, Jennifer Aniston it's like I don't know why I can't just go to work and be, be happy, happy. <laughs> like right you know he just he couldn't do it whereas and then the, they had the characters. Um, pretty much like everybody else who didn't really like their job either. Um, Tom, like, oh, maybe I didn't complain as much, but I bet I hated my job even more than you. And, uh, but they just do it for their whole life. Right. They can just do it because it's, and, and that's, I'm not judging people who do that by any means, because first of all, like Peter, I sort of envy that. Like, I, I wish I could just take any nine to five and just be happy with it, getting the paycheck. And there's, you can respect that too, because. Yeah, well, Jennifer Aniston's response to him in that scene, I still think about to this day. She goes, yeah, Peter, most people don't like their jobs. You just have to find something that you can, I don't know what she says, but that you can withstand. You can live with and you be happy. You can live with and be happy. You know, it doesn't have to be the calling. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I've actually tried to express that to Rockness here because he works <laughs> in a cubicle setting. Oh, yeah. My talks, life is office space. Yeah. And he wants to kill himself every day. He calls me up crying. Every single day. And like, I'm just I've... like, I know it's an exaggeration, but he really, I mean, you, I know that you're not super happy with where you work. And, no. And I kind of explained to him, like, that's your nine to fiver. And what you really need to do is find happiness outside of that. So I find you, happiness in this podcast. That you have to, you need yeah, to develop in this your podcast. I, obviously, you know, there's loved ones in your life. Of that, course, that mean more to you than anything else. But, yeah, I have a few um, of those. Very it's find, a small list. Yeah, to find happiness outside of your work. That at the end of the day, you have something to look forward to. You know what I mean? That's really the important, the important thing. Exactly. We're not, we're not all going to end up doing our dream job. It's just impossible. Right. No, we're we're not. We're all destined to be disappointed right. in our lives, um, which is sad. Office space. <laughs> it reminds uh, me of Daniel Tosh, his his stand up. He was talking about like people getting their fifteen minutes, and he's like, "No, 
let me get this straight. You're not going to be fucking famous. You, you, it's like 15 minutes, that's an average. Zero minutes, zero minutes, yeah, zero minutes, yeah. and 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 20 years. Yeah. Him, so. <laughs> He's exactly right. right. I yeah. mean, Office Space, uh, Dan, I mean, that movie definitely, like, I, I live it now. Um, in real life, and we hark back to it at my job pretty often and laughing about the similarities and what we do and what office space is. But, I mean, that movie really did teach us, like, either do what you love, and if you can't do what you love, then get get your paycheck and... Or find something that you can just barely stand <laughs> yeah, get, get your paycheck you know I mean? and and then do what you love outside of work if you yeah. if you have to uh, i love that movie i love office space um it didn't make my list but it's definitely like i have my top 20 of movies i would yeah. say and office space would be on that list yeah like i said uh that would have been my it's like my interchangeable alternate number five yeah right with right Makes sense to me. So there you have it, folks. That's your number one. I like it. Now. Go ahead. Say something and cut me down. No, I was. Let's move on to your number one. But the one question I want to pose to you. I wish you would. Is obviously Star Wars is something that you live and breathe every day. Yes. Um, Huge part of my life. And, you know, why is it that Empire Strikes Back, a.k.a. Episode Mm 5, is the one. Why isn't it number one? Why isn't it episode four? Empire Strikes Back, um, there's a lot that goes into that. Number one, um, at the time, a movie's breakdown was hero, villain, good guy beats bad guy. Yeah. And we all clap and we laugh and we have a great time. The Empire Strikes Back is... is named perfectly because the good guys don't win at the time. That was something that you didn't see very often. They, they narrowly escape, but they, it's not a win for sure. No, the, the good guys pretty obviously lose. You have the hero, Luke Skywalker. He's our hero. Um, you know, he, we knew from the beginning he would have to face Vader someday. He would, yeah. he would have to, to avenge his father. Because at the time, he was told that Darth Vader betrayed and murdered his father. Yeah. And the point, it was written to Luke would confront Vader and avenge his father. Two things. Number one, Jedi do not seek revenge. Revenge is a pointless endeavor um, that just breeds hate, which is the opposite of what a Jedi does. Right. And leads you to the dark side. It leads you to the dark side, correct. Number two, for the hero to find out that the ultimate bad guy is actually his father is a twist that at that time movies had not seen. It was, it sent this ripple effect through people that had seen like, what? What are you fucking kidding me? Darth Vader, who is synonymous with evil, darkness, blackness, bleakness is actually our hero's dad. The fruit of his loins. Yeah. That changed a lot. Moving forward, what else? Yoda, the scene in De- the scenes in Dagobah. Yeah. Um, what he teaches Luke, the philosophy. That was the ph- the philosophical Star Wars movie of all of them. That one is the philosophical. They talked one. about what the Force is. What the Force is. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, 
Yoda looks at Luke and he says, and one of my favorite lines is he says, luminous beings are we, not this crude matter, as he kind of touches Luke's arm. You know, we're we're more than what this material than this what this material is. Yeah. We're we're things of beauty, you know, and we're all connected. The tree, the rock, the ship, all things are connected as as one being and to to understand that and as i know we talked about earlier one of if not my most favorite line is when yoda lifts the x-wing out of the swamp and Mm -hmm. dagobah after luke's failure and doing so and luke is looking at the x-wing and he's he's like putting his hands against it and he's like oh my god and he, he turns and he looks at yoda and he says i don't believe it and Yoda responds simply with that is why you fail. If you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to achieve mm-hmm. anything. I can see you as a as a little league basketball coach giving that same speech to a bunch of like seven-year-old girls. <laughs> seven-year-old girls? And it's it's like a preseason game too. It's not even a regular season <laughs> game. <laughs> You're just like so enamored with this movie and that particular line that you got to whip it out right away. Well, it, it they're but they're young girls though, so don't whip it out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, well done. So uh, there's that. Um, there's the first time Luke confronts Vader. Yeah, and Luke has a bit of an arrogance about himself where he feels that he can just so easily confront. Vader that he knows everything he needs to know yeah. and I feel like that that harks to uh, for us to life Luke got a little bit of training from Yoda he wasn't da- ready Yoda said Dagobah. do not go you're not ready and and Luke says I see I see my friends I see my friends in a city in the clouds yeah. and they're in pain and they're dying you know should I not go to them and Yoda's response was you know if if you honor what they fight for don't go, which is the best response because, in essence, they're fighting to protect Luke. They're there to protect – Vader captured Han and Leia and Chewie to, because he knew the power that is within his son. He already knew Luke was his son at this point, and he knew that just like his father, he can see. He can see in past – through time, he could see these things. He knew yeah. if I tortured Han, if I tortured Leia, if I tortured Chewie, Luke will come here. Yoda knew that too. And Yoda said, if you honor what they fight for, you will not go. You will let them die. To Luke, he doesn't have any family. Han was his family. Right. Chewie was his family. Leia was his family. And he thought, no, I didn't know it, but technically, yes. Exactly. I can put my big boy, pa- my big boy pants on, ignite my lightsaber, and I will fight this man. Mm-hmm. And, whoa, hello. And little did yeah. he know, mm-hmm. just like life, that we think we're so prepared for, that we come in, guns a-blazing, lightsabers a-blazing, and we have that dark figure that just kicks our fucking ass right down and gives us a reality check of, motherfucker, you are nowhere near ready. Yeah. To face me. That really the whole the whole movie on a whole really touched like uh, many nerves with me. Touched more than nerves. That's right. Um, You know, uh, it was 
it changed the whole number one. Yes. Empire is my number one movie, but I, I grouped the whole star Wars saga. Yeah. You have to, um, those, yeah. those movies came into my life at a time where my life was very tumultuous. My life was very uncertain. You know, my parents were getting divorced. My dad was going his way. My mom was going her way. And I never felt that I belonged anywhere. I never felt safe anywhere. You know, you have the two people in your life that you think are the most stable and they turn out to be the least two stable people at the time. Mm-hmm. Now is different. But back then, they weren't stable at all. I mean, I didn't know where the fuck I was going. I didn't know where the fuck my brother was going. I didn't know where my dad was going. I didn't know where my mom yeah, was going. I mean, the entire family tied you to a tree and they left. <laughs> exactly. Um, but for me, Star Wars was that stability. Star Wars, those characters, those people, they became they became my family, my impromptu family. Back to my escapism idea, too. I mean, you're going through some shit as a as a young rockness and you're, I mean, what a, what a better way to get away from all that. Exactly. I mean, I would sit there and I would hope and pray that Han and the Millennium Falcon with Chewie would land in my backyard and, <laughs> and would say, take, you know, come with us. Yeah. And I would have gone. Well, I would have left. I'm sure you would have. I would have <laughs> left. I would have left. You would leave right now. Immediately if they gone. <laughs> um, not to backtrack, but do you also think that the way Luke confronts, um, Darth Vader and he's advised not to and it's you know he's not ready and he's kind of arrogant and stuff do you think that's just kind of um, a metaphor for how young men at that age seem to confront their father you know not only their father but many authority many other you know? yes, authority <laughs> I mean, yeah exactly I mean I think you're absolutely right actually big for their britches because you know Luke got a little taste of Jedi training. Yeah. Luke got a little, if you remember return of the Jedi, Yoda laughed at him when, when Luke said, um, I'm here to complete my training. And Yoda says, you know, all which you should know. And he goes, so then I am a Jedi. (laughs) Yoda just kind of chuckled (laughs) and said, (laughs) you must confront Vader and remember his words. His words were never, you must kill Vader. His words were never, you must destroy Vader. His words were, you must confront Vader. It was Luke who thought I cannot kill my own father. Mm -hmm. And Yoda was not going to tell him. That's not what he meant. Yeah. See, this goes back to good filmmaking, where you don't need, where you infer, you don't, you aren't told. You must confront Vader, and Luke keeps saying, "I'm not going to kill my own father," and no one corrects him. No one tells him yeah. that he's actually wrong. He is to confront, confront Vader because Vader is all of the questions he had as a boy. Vader is all of the answers that he has wanted. Where do I come from? Why am I here? What is my purpose? And by confronting him, I wrote an article um, for a website, don'tforgetatowel.com. Don'tforgetatowel.com. Check it out. It's a great website. Anyway, uh, my friend Casey runs that website. Fantastic website. I wrote an article there uh, with a discussion of when Luke actually became a Jedi. When did Luke actually become a Jedi Knight? And it was in Return of the Jedi. The scene where he attacks Vader Mm -hmm. and he's slashing at him and he's slashing at him and he's slashing at him and he cuts Vader's hand off. Yes. The exact hand that Vader took of Luke's. Yes. And he looked at his robotic – Luke's now robotic hand and and he looked – The emperor at the time is speaking, right? And he's saying – 
I think he's saying something along the lines of, you see what you're doing? Good, good, yeah. good. Join me. He wanted Just him to kill... Just did to you. Exactly. Yeah. And Luke looked at his hand, and he looked at his father's severed hand, and at that point, what it was to be a Jedi almost lit him up. Yeah. It was compassion, empathy, understanding. At that exact moment, he forgave his father for everything he had become. He had forgiven him. He looked at his weapon, and he threw it. Yeah. And he said, no, you're wrong. For the folks at home. Rockness just threw his napkin on the ground as if it were a lightsaber. Exactly. He threw it on the ground. He looked at the Emperor and said, no, you're wrong. Ooh. I am a Jedi Knight. Yeah. Like my father before me. Snap. And that was his proclamation of love. And that's really what is defined as a Jedi, is, is unconditional compassion mm-hmm. for anyone. And for me, that was that was very big. It, it it's a lot. It's holding a lightsaber, wielding a lightsaber does not make you a Jedi. Wielding love does. Well, <laughs> you're saying it in a in a condescending way right now. <laughs> but the point the point is simple. It's the it's the unconditional understanding of another, that extreme empathy of putting yourself in their shoes, and then the, finally the forgiveness that he has for for his for his father, who's for the sins of his father, yeah. exactly. Yeah. He's com- his father's committed genocide. His yeah. father has murdered thousands of countless yeah. people along the gal- or through the galaxy, and he finally forgave him. And the power in forgiving someone who has done so much harm, and then having pity for that person and their forgiveness, gives you all of that power. And he disarmed himself and allowed himself to be thusly nearly killed by the Emperor, in which case Vader's redemption. Yeah. Are you listening, Baron Trump? Wow. Well done, Dan. Well done. So anyway, moving forward, completing my thought, because I've gone on way too long, is that... We all agree. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Star Wars is a huge part of my life, and uh, it always will be. And the philosophy, the story, all of it, and looking forward to where it's going... Um, is huge for me because these people, these characters, mm-hmm. are my family. And when Episode Seven, no offense to your real family. Well, no, I, I mean I have I have a real family, but I'm saying they're part of my family. Gotcha. And when I saw Episode Seven, The Force Awakens come out, and you had your Han and your Chewie and your Leia and your Luke and all of them. For me, that came out during the holidays, and that wasn't just a movie coming out for the holidays that was my family who I I haven't seen in 20 years that I'm going to see for the holidays and that meant so much to me and when Carrie Fisher passed away that was like me losing an aunt that I had I only seen you know once in a while here and there she's kind of an estranged aunt yeah um but when she passed away that was to me that was the equivalent of losing that and I I I still am hurt by uh by her that was that was my princess you know that was that was very uh, that was tough. Wow, that's my, that's quarterback. my quarterback. That's my quarterback. So anyway, um, that's what I have to say about Star Wars. Yeah. Um, okay, and I'm glad that you took it seriously. Well, because you, you didn't know, at all. I. You didn't at all. No, it's fine. I mean, just tell the truth. I'm glad that you're connected to something in your life. Again, I'll, I'll mention Bill Burr's name. He, he of course, has you will. A, a sponsor, Loot Crate. 
and you know they deliver uh, nerdy shit to your door. And he's so he's trying to describe that particular month's theme of nerdy shit that comes into your door, and he's like, okay, they got this, they got this, they got this. It's just all these comic book shit and Star Warsy type shit, and he's just like, my God, you can hear the high heels running in the opposite direction. <laughs> it's whatever. I mean, I really, I really don't give a shit about. I know. <laughs> about. <laughs> it's just an easy target. I. I mean, yeah, that's fine. I really could give a shit about anyone else's opinion regarding Star Wars. If you think that it's nerdy, then you're small minded, and you don't think very much outside of more of the, what it is. It's or it's comic the uh, insult dog, remember? Yeah, I remember the insult dog triumph. Triumph the insult comic insult. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. He's outside of a Star Wars convention. They're all standing in line to get in, and they're all dressed up. And he's like, <laughs> he picks up one of the. They have like a little gadget with like numbers and shit on it. And he's like, "What is this to call your mom to come pick you up?" <laughs> <laughs> You know, and that's and that's fine. It's great, and it's that's just an easy. You know, it's fine. I, I guess so. If, you, if you're small minded, that's well, I fine. I understand the significance of the of the movies and and what they've meant to you. I get it. Um, it's just so funny when you you get so in depth about it that it's like. I don't really think it's just fucking nerdy. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, I'm Joe. I'm just kidding. No, no. I mean, no, you know, Joe and I are I've, beat you up. That's we're yeah. gonna beat you up. That yeah, and then that's we're fine. Shove you into a locker. Yeah, we're the other ones here to do it, so we have to. Well, you know, so I've said my piece. You said your piece, Joe. Do you ever retort to anything that I said at all? I have no response. That was perfect. <laughs> nice, old school. I I'm I'm familiar with the quote. Okay, just for the listeners. Joe so have, Harris, your number one. Number one. Number one. It's Fight Club, Dan. Yay! Yeah, I got it right. Wow, you both guessed each other's. Yeah. How long have you been giving each other's hand jobs? Um, eighteen years, I think yeah. you mentioned. Eighteen years of hand jobs. God. Yep. Damn. If we had a child, they would be old enough and to die in a war. Like, and gay. Actually, I think there's a lot of similarities in our number one because I also. Felt this was kind of more of like an obligatory number one yeah. choice because I I don't know if I would let me put it this way I've seen Fight Club enough times to not have to watch it anymore yeah I haven't seen it in years I don't yeah. have to see it I mean by the time I was fourteen I knew it by heart every line <laughs> I, yeah, I would watch yeah. it literally like every night yeah so yeah I sort of felt like I have to call it my overall number one favorite movie because kind of was at the time but that's that's sort of the thing though was i also saw fight club at the perfect time of my life for it to really resonate with me like yeah. if i had seen it any younger i was i was 13 if i had seen it any younger it would have been over my head if i had seen it any older like if i had just watched fight club for the first time you know a few days ago like i did with star wars I would have probably recognized that it's a great film, but it wouldn't have meant what it did to me when I was 13. Yeah. Because I, like, when I first saw that movie, I, you know, along with the birth of teenage angst that is becoming 13, <laughs> uh, I had just started listening to, like, punk rock and political music and stuff, so that, that sort of anarchic, defiant spirit of the movie really, you know, struck a chord with yeah. me. And, you know, just like I said, being a teenager and, and all the while with all the, the social commentary of the movie, 
and, you know, being, you know, very critical of materialism and social conventions and mainstream culture, which you, I mean, being 13 years old, it's like you're just becoming kind of self-aware and socially aware. So, you know, you're critical for the first time. And it was just a perfect time for me to see that movie. And all the while, beyond all of that, that movie's funny. <laughs> it's a comedy. Like, uh, Ed, Edward Norton talks about it yeah. in, the, in the commentary with uh, David Fincher and Brad Pitt and Edward Norton. He's like, I sort of, I, he says something along the lines of seeing the movie in, like, the drama section or something. And he's like, this is a dark comedy. Like, he yeah. thought that was weird. And that was also perfect for me, was, you know, believing all those things, but also delivering it with a sense of humor. And even though the characters took themselves way too seriously, the movie didn't. And it was it was just funny. And also, it was just, a you know, like the other, I think, I think, my opinion, movies on my list is, it was just a good movie. And I was really into movies at that, or, well... It was kind of maybe the first movie to influence me to analyze movies on another level. You know, just being great actors. I went back and watched like Primal Fear and American Great Mystery movie. Acts. Yeah, because I was like, who the fuck is this Edward Norton? Yeah. And David Fincher being such a great director. Um, it was based off of a great book. So everything about it was just... It, it got me to, to, like I said, start analyzing movies on a different level than I had ever before. Yeah. So well, yeah. Um I should I should see it sometime. You've never yeah, you've never seen Fight Club? No, it's really I sort have. of okay. Um what are the 10 rules? Are there 10 rules of Fight Club? Oh shit. Let's I, see how many you can remember. Great, thanks. After I We all know the first two. Okay, I believe it's 8. Oh, eight rules. Okay. Yeah, the first rule of the Fight eight Club is tenants. not talk about Fight Club. You can Google this right now if you want to help me out if I Well, you're already on your phone. So, okay, the first rule <laughs> of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. The second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. The third rule, someone yells stop, goes limp, taps out. Fourth rule, only two guys to a fight. Fifth rule, one fight at a time, fellas. Sixth rule, no shirts, no shoes. Seventh rule, fights will go on as long as they have to. And the eighth and final rule, if, if this, this is your is first your night at Fight Club... Club. You have you to have to fight. This kid from work, Ricky, yeah. couldn't remember whether you ordered pens with blue ink or black, but Ricky was a god for ten minutes when he trounced the maitre d of a local food court. That's all in order. <laughs> wow, that that was well yeah. done. That was well done. That of course, thirteen-year-old me was bound to become obsessed with that yeah. because it was so fucking sarcastic and smartass too. And yeah, but it was just cool. Yeah. It's just a cool movie. I and I think it has a lot of the same underlying sentiments as Office Space does, as far as how you You're can right. relate to it and why why it you know resonates with you. I agree with you. You there. know, that sort of lost generation of, you know, the, we have no great war, no great depression. And it's true. It's like what are we? survival for us, for Americans, isn't, you know, hunter-gather. It's... It's fucking getting these office jobs it's and not, getting your paycheck. Yeah, and yeah. Really, it's very true. I mean, everything, every part of life has become so convenient that we're kind of overanalyzing every part of our... <laughs> well, I hunt animals typically in the meat section of Wegmans. I mean, you know what I mean? We're no longer hunter-gatherers, but I mean, I'm a hunter. I hunt for I, deals. I, I hunt for out. sales. 
and I just shoot the meat. It's already dead. <laughs> so just to feel like... Yeah. yeah. Right, this one's definitely dead. This is definitely dead. Yeah. Yeah, good uh, Good on you. I everybody. love it. I mean, just top five all around. I think I won. I didn't know we were choosing a... I didn't know we were choosing a winner. No, I'm just kidding. You're but, so um, full of shit. <laughs> I think I was more surprised by yours, Rockness, because I thought the Star Wars 1, 2, and 3 would be your 1, 2, and 3. But I, but you condensed it into... I don't know, 4, 5, yeah, 6, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's you know okay. You were cheating the whole time. Um, whatever. No, just kidding. But yeah. Shit. Good stuff. Good stuff all around. No, so, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm very happy with our lists. Um, I think I, what I'm hoping is that the listeners here will not only slowly fall in love with us a little bit more... Today. But if they were like, oh... They said that's a good movie. I'll, I'll give that a shot. Well, and that there's two things. There's twofold. Number one is what you just said. I want people to listen to what our conversation and I haven't seen that. I need to see that now. Yeah. Number one. Number two. Um, you know, we have a comment section. Um, leave your comments. Talk to us. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you yeah. think generally Joe just smells bad? What is it that... Well, based on the way he sounds, I want people to infer that. Yeah. Like, what do you think Joe smells like based on the way he sounds? And that's what I want to know. At least you guys are saying my name correctly now. For now. For right now. Um, So, are we going to do a fuck you? Real quick. Because let's just... Okay. Fuck yous, because we got to get it off our chest. we got to get it off our chest. Um, I remember this is a two-part episode, so... Well, this will, yeah, they just listen to the first half. There's no fuck you in the first half, and then the fuck you exists in the second half. Well, okay, Dan, do you want to open it up for a fuck you? Well, does everyone have a fuck you? Because I have mine. Um, you guys didn't even fucking tell me about this. Well, just, that's right. You know what? Just, should we take it? Let's fairness, take a short break. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> okay, we're, you know what, everybody? We're going to be right back. We're going to have a fuck no, you, we're and we're going to we're gonna wrap yeah, the show up. Nobody has come back since the first break. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Winters suck, especially here in upstate New York. They're cold, wet, dreary, and the salt from the roads gets everywhere. Luckily, for our concrete surfaces, we have Eagle Epoxy. They'll come in, they'll resurface your garage, or your basement floor even. They cover it with an epoxy resin after it's been resurfaced for protection, a clean look, and it's really, really easy to clean, especially for you car guys. They can be reached at their website, eagleepoxy.us, or by phone at 585 585- 402-4971 for a free quote. Tell them the Rockness Monster sent you. And we're back. Thanks a lot for uh, waiting. Um, we appreciate you guys listening to our uh, first two-part episode regarding movies. Uh, movies. Gr- greatly appreciated. Um, so now we're going to go ahead and end this long-ass show Just with some, our yeah. fuck yous. Dan, take it away. My F you. Say it. Why do you always make me do this? Because you you swear, but every time we get to this point, you're just like, I don't want to say That's so it. rude. But I've is said you, it like three times. Is your diaper wet? What is Fuck. your problem? Fuck you. Thank you. That's better. Dog owners. Oh, shit. That leave your dog outside in the rain or simply tied up to a post next to your house with no slack, sometimes standing in their own feces, no water, no food. You can go fuck yourself. It's a living, breathing thing. It has feelings. It has anxiety. It has hunger. It has thirst. It has pain. 
and it cannot express that as easily as you and I. Well if said. you cannot be at home to take care of the animal, to give it a, an environment where they're with shelter, with food and water, love, uh, with enough room to walk around, uh, I think that you are a horrible person, and you should never be allowed to own an animal. Uh, with that being said, I have a hankering for a hamburger. That's just me. I, I don't really know how those two things jive. Um, well, I'm beef beef. Pr- I'm protecting dogs while at the same time promoting beef cows beef. have the slaughter. Of I believe outstanding lives. Yeah, they do, and pigs. Well, I mean, I, they're I mean, dumb, so we eat them. I would kill a million dogs just to live one day as a beef cow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there goes our ASPCA So that's my sponsor. fu. That's my fu for the for the week. I I thank you, Dan. And yeah. that's true. If you need to be a better dog owner, if you're a dog owner and you suck, you yeah. just need to be better because I love dogs. Um, my fuck you goes to Facebook. Um, first of all, thank you for allowing us to attempt to vault our podcast, um, but forcing me to change my name. So fuck you, but thank you. Well, I mean, you got to force me to change my name. I'm using my persona as my name, and the fact that you come in and you tell me, or someone fucking reported me that my name was fake. Uh, yeah. But why does uh, it matter? Fakeness. Because I don't, <laughs> the fakeness <laughs> monster. What do you mean, why does it matter? I don't fucking, the point is, it's supposed to be my quote-unquote podcast persona. It's supposed to yeah. have his own Facebook page. I'm a real person. I'm on Facebook. I have real friends on there. All of it is real. I'm not going on there. Let's just to, say it was a nickname. To bully people. Yeah, exactly. Like, if it was a nickname, whatever. It, it, it's It's stupid. It's stupid. And Facebook, your fucking support sucks. And you're a douche about it. I changed my name. Fuck you. Um... I'm mad about it. I don't like it. It makes me angry. I I just, like, you have a face. Let me tell you how inconsequential social media is. It's not consequential to anyone's life. Mm, Disagree. Disagree? Yeah. It's not. For what? What is it? Besides promoting this fucking podcast, I've never had a Facebook. Well, for one... Well, you're saying that it's inconsequential, yeah, yet, it's compl- yet you didn't want to use your real name. Somebody, so that already infers that there I, could have been consequences. Somebody, I, like maybe, my... maybe what the sad part is is Facebook should be inconsequential, and yeah. it's not. Okay, I'll agree. I'll agree with that. Like entire rebellions have been surged using Twitter accounts. Okay. So That's, you're saying our, that social media is inconsequential. Social. It's not inconsequential. Well, it, it's it's stupid. It's stupid they had to make me change my name. I agree with you there. It's very dumb. It is dumb. And you they, should be able like, to go by a nickname. Give you give us I swear to god they told me to give them a an ID or a piece of mail that has a rockness monster on it. That was what they told me. I said, "No, I'm just going to change my name and I'm not going to start a brand new account all over again." Because you're too fucking stupid. Wow. So if you're someone that reported me, I hope you go into fucking traffic and get hit by a car and dragged a mile. And if not, I don't know. I I just don't know. I'm pissed off. It sucks. That's my fuck you. Fuck you. I just don't understand why you can't express yourself in this country on... I mean, I know it's their own company. I mean, it's their software program. Yeah, I mean, it's their... But why you can't do that anonymously? 
because they have these set of rules that are asinine. Mm, it is what it is. I don't care. Fuck them. Okay. I moved on. Cool. 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 <laughs> Joe. Um. Yeah. To kind of piggyback off of Dan's. Fuck you. To cat owners. Uh huh. All of them. Is that it? Yeah. That's- <laughs> <laughs> So for those of you that don't know, uh, Dan owns fifteen cats. Four, <laughs> four cats. That's still a lot of cats, Dan. Yeah. No, I I don't have a problem with cats. That's funny. Is that your um, fuck you? Uh, no. Okay. How about oh. how about? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I know a lot of cat owners. No, that's not my serious one. How about fuck you to people who don't use directionals? Signals. Thank you. Yeah. God damn. Um, yeah. There's no excuse for it. It's literally. Right in front of your fingers. So easy to use. They, it's you, so you close. To, you don't even have to move your hands. Yeah, sometimes. you don't have to remove your hand from the steering wheel. Yeah. You extend your fingers. Yeah. You flex your wrist mm-hmm. just a little bit. Very simple. And um, it would be ulnar flexion, I believe. Right. Simple biomechanical movements that yeah. take a fraction of a second that could save lives. Yeah. Yep. And of course, it you know usually never comes down to that. You just get pissed off and yell at the person. But right, dude, I. You can't fucking stand that when mm-hmm. somebody so doesn't use a turn signal. When, like, whether they're turning into their driveway or something, and I'm sorry, it's not always, but usually guys in pickup trucks. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty sure pickup trucks oh, still come with turn signals. Dudes in trucks. Oh, my God. I'm, well, they're too cool to do it. I, no, I think otherwise they're really considerate great drivers. I got a truck. Look at me. Marr. Yeah. That's what I see. That's what I hear every time I see a guy in a truck. Okay. Yeah. My dick is small, so I got this lift kit on my truck. And well. the guys in the biggest pickups are always the ones who, if you're driving behind them, you can see their head kind of going left and right because they're just looking around. They're to veering see if over anyone the lines. sees them. <laughs> they're, they're just careless. Does anyone see me in this truck? Veer, veering over the lines, not yeah. using their turn signal. They drive... 65 miles an hour in the middle of a snowstorm, but they drive 35 miles an hour on the nicest day of the summer day. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. um, Turn signals. Uh, Give it a shot. Sometimes I'll be walking across the street and a car will be trying to make a turn sort of near me, but I can't see which way they're turning because they're not using their signal. So instead of like moving in the right direction, get out of the way, I'll just slowly walk the fuck right in front of them. (laughs) Yeah. And and sure. and when they do that sort of annoyed quick turn out in front of me, it's like, well, you didn't have your signal on. I don't know where the fuck you were going. Yeah. Yep. You know, if I saw you were turning left, I would have maybe stayed on the corner and let you go, but no. It, it's it's just there's no excuse to not use the signal. I Yeah. I just don't get it either. I think you're yeah. absolutely right. I I mean like not wearing a seatbelt Eh, you can you can argue it's uncomfortable, or you know a lot of people forget to put them on. With, it's their own life. With speeding, I mean, a lot of people speed. You're trying to get somewhere fast. Again, half the time you're not paying attention to your speed. There right. are a lot of annoying. There's a lot of annoying shit that people do on the road, but you could at least feasibly come up with why they do it with the turn signals thing. It just just want to kill someone. So fuck you. So fuck you. Fuck you. And then the guys in the trucks. I work in a parking garage. I work in a parking garage. Jesus Christ. I park in a parking garage to go to work. And I heard a guy on Friday bitching about the fact there's no parking spaces for my truck in the parking garage. Hey. First of all, you work in an office. 
I know you work in an office. What the fuck do you need a truck for? You know what you're doing? You're compensating for the fact that your deck is two inches in length. Okay? If, so fuck you, too. If, a lot of fuck you, too. Yeah, if wow. you work in an office, and especially if you're the type of person who's worried about scratching the bed of your truck, you don't fucking need a pickup truck. Yeah. Exactly. And that other guy, uh, I, I love this one. That guy that was parked next to me that uh, in the big fucking truck that I couldn't see when I was backing out, that was me that keyed your car. I hope you enjoyed that. So I couldn't see anything trying to get out. You were parked like an asshole. So I went ahead and keyed the shit out of that. You didn't do that. Yeah, I did. I no, keyed the fuck out of it. Fuck. Yeah, I did. I, well, I didn't key the fuck out of it. I just kind of did the key thing, and then I kept walking as I just dragged my key across the side of his car. Well, truck. Do I need to contact our lawyer? <laughs> yeah. Probably, yeah. I'm, I I thought the fuck you was sufficient. I think you did. Yeah, <laughs> a little too far. Okay, really well, um, shit. Let's, yeah. let's wrap this up. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, it was a great topic today. Um, movies, movies, we, we movies. We hope to have Joe on okay. not only every single time, but we, we want him to set up everything for us, too. If he could come in and bring drinks. We want him, yes. Okay, so. Soda. Um, yeah, good show, everybody. So what Thanks. Think, what do you think, Dan? Do we have a good time? No. No, I didn't have a good time either. No, I, mean, I think you terrible. and I are going to throw down. Absolutely. We're going to fight in the front yard right after this. <laughs> um, but I want to thank you to, um, as I'm sure you heard in our, our uh, commercial breaks, I want to thank you to Eagle Epoxy. I want to thank 8oClockStop.com because, uh, you know, most things start at 8 o'clock. Check, check them out. The good and stuff. And our brothers over at Hypothetically Speaking Podcast, um, funny shit. If you don't listen to them, you should start. Um, thanks a lot. Dan, any final thoughts? I was just going to say. Eight o'clock. You are a legitimate phenomenon. Ghostbusters, anybody? Oh. <laughs> yes. Wow. Well done. I don't know. I Dan. I just. Oh, I just. This. My life is so empty. But see you later. I guess. All right. Well, thanks a lot, everyone. Thanks a lot for joining us. And remember, please don't kill each other. Bye bye. <laughs>